But this is our time, our, our, our Christmas uh, atmosphere of service for today. Turn over your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. I want to share a few things with us. So I know you've heard a Christmas lesson probably every year of your Christian life. So it's kind of challenging to, to give you something that you haven't already heard. So I want to kind of just look at it in a different way. And uh, if you already heard something like this, just smile and act like you have it. Make me feel good. That's my Christmas gift. But in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who, was, who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star had, they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Then... They saw the star. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Look down at verse 16. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and this vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. I want to talk to us today about the response to the birth of Jesus. Because really, we all have to make a response to the birth of Jesus. And there are three different responses that we're going to look at today. Now, we know, we, we don't know for sure who the Magi were or how many they really were. You know, tradition says three, but the Bible doesn't say there were three. But all the nativity scenes and everything say there were three wise men. But what if they were women? What if it was three wise women? If it were, they would have asked for directions and got there early. And then they probably would have helped deliver the baby instead of just sending it around. And they probably would have brought some practical gifts like food and diapers instead of myrrh and incense. It smells good, but let's eat. Let's help me wipe this child up. 
But according to tradition, it was three wise men. So we're going to go with that. Now, we don't know the source of the information other than they saw a star in the sky. But one thing we do know about them is that they were serious about finding Jesus. Now, why do you say that? Well, think about it. They lived far away in the east. The distance did not stop them from finding Jesus. Even though they lived that far away, they could have made all kinds of excuses like people do today. It's too hot. It's too far. I don't want to ride on this camel. It's going to take too much time. People make excuses for not coming to Jesus day after day. But these, these wise men, these magi, they made it happen regardless of the distance. Not only that, but they really believed God's message to the point that they brought gifts expecting that message to be true. A lot of times people hear the message of Jesus. They hear God's message. And then it's just like, oh, that's great. I heard the message. Now let's go watch some camels race. And they just move on and don't think or do anything about it. But they heard the message and they believed it so much in their faith that their faith caused them to take action by loading up the camels, getting gifts, and taking the gifts, expecting that message to be true. Not only that, but they also followed God's direction. That star they saw in the sky, they followed it knowing this is what God placed. This is the direction God wants me to go. Now, they didn't know how long they were going to travel. They didn't know exactly where they were even going. But they trusted God's direction. And this is something that we all need to learn. Because God guides our lives so we can be closer to him. Look in Acts chapter 17. We're going to come back to Matthew, but look in Acts 17, verse 24. Acts 17, verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. So he is not far from each one of us. God has determined where you should live when you should live there, where you should work, where you should go to school. God determined all these things so you can find him and have a relationship with him. And sometimes you say, why am I in this place I'm in? Why I got to work with these people? Why is this my school? Why do we move in this neighborhood? We ask why, why, why all the time. Well, the answer is God designed it like that so you can be closer to him. You say, I can't get rid of these people in my past. I'm a Christian. I just want to live a good life. But why are these people in my past keep coming into my life? God designed that to help you. Because sometimes we've got to look back and say, you know what? That's the life I left. And I am so glad I left it back then. I don't want nothing to do with that. And this is a daily reminder that I don't want nothing to do with that life. Look back in Matthew chapter 2.
You know, people are good for that. Even around the holidays, they try to creep back up. Satan throws your past people in your life. People you ain't seen in forever all of a sudden want to give you an email or a Facebook. Hi. No, that's, that's Beelzebub. He up to something. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. God warned the Magi, these wise men, in a dream not to go back to Herod. What, what am I saying here? God wants to guide your life. God was guiding them, Say, okay, listen, you're doing my will. I'm also going to protect you on this journey. So don't go back this way because that's not the way you should go. Go this way. So many times we forget how much God wants to protect you. He wants to lead you and guide you, but he also is your protector. We sing about it. We talk about it. You know God is your protector. But we have to trust that. Now, the Magi arrived first in Jerusalem. And this was a big deal. I mean, the city of Jerusalem, a big city. But when you get these, these people coming in, this royalty, when there's treasures and all this, they're coming in. Everybody knew that the Magi had arrived. Now, this was troubling to them. Because they're thinking, how could these foreigners who live so far away, receive such information without Jerusalem knowing about it first. How did they know about it? And we don't know about it. Then they think, how can these Gentiles go looking for a Jewish Messiah to worship? That doesn't make sense. And the worst part about it is that all the, the spiritual elite of Israel were not even sure that the Messiah was born. But yet these foreigners from far away were so sure they traveled for months to get there and worship him. They couldn't understand because Jerusalem, it's where the temple of God is. It's where all the scriptures are to be found. We read these scriptures on the Sabbath time after time again. Yet they were unprepared to believe the prophecies of the scripture. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, when they questioned by the king... They knew the answers. Oh, yes, this is where it's going to be born. This is where the prophecy says, right here in Bethlehem. But yet, they did not believe it. If they had, they would have been among the first to go worship him. Well, why? Why would they not believe? Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. This is one reason why people don't believe. Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. It says, in his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. You know, usually on Christmas, we always talk about there's no room in the end for Jesus. Well, listen, the other story about Christmas is there's no room for God in the prideful life. See, the real issue is are we so full of ourselves that there's no room for God? Thus, we don't believe. Thus, we don't follow. These were the elite spiritual people who knew all the scriptures. They were that close, six miles from Bethlehem. See, you can be close to the truth, but that doesn't make you right with the truth. They were close, but closeness doesn't count. Now here's the thing. Herod called the Magi secretly in and supplied them with the name of the village. Go to Bethlehem, that's where the Christ is born. Now again, why? Because God even used this pagan to give clear direction to his people. 
you will be amazed at who God uses to help you get close to him. It's not always the person sitting next to you in church that's going to help you. Again, sometimes when that person from your past calls you, you need to look at it and say, maybe this is God telling me something once again. Stay away, stay away, stay away. We got to understand God is helping us in so many ways. Why? Because he wants to protect us and he wants us to draw close to him. Look at verse 10, Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. By this time, Jesus was no longer in the manger, but he was in the house. Look at verse 11. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Now, at this point, they saw the star. They were overjoyed because the star was leading them to the Messiah. Guys, this is how our attitude should be about church. Church is great, but all church does is leads us to God. Church isn't God, but it leads us to God. They saw the star overjoyed because it led them to the Messiah. We need to see church. It needs to be something that fills us with joy because it leads us to God. We shouldn't wake up and say, oh, it's church today. Oh, my Lord. What time is it? When is daylight savings time come? Give me that extra hour. Oh, we got to pack the kids up. I don't know. I'll just be 15 minutes late. I don't even care. That doesn't sound like overjoyed. I get there when I get there. You know how we do. It says they were over. When you overjoyed about something, they said you won the lotto, come down at 10 o'clock, 8.30, you will be there. Because you'd be overjoyed with your lotto winnings. We're talking about your eternal salvation of living. How much more overjoyed should we be to come to him? It says they went to the house and they bowed down and worshipped him. They gave him expensive gifts of gold, of myrrh, of frankincense. Guys, when we come to worship, we need to worship with excitement. The birth of Jesus should be an example of the excitement we need to have about being in a relationship with God. That's what it's about. It's not just about, ooh, what you get in your stocking. Ooh, what's under the tree. It's about, ooh, we get to be right with God for eternity because of Jesus. So the response of the Magi leaves us with this. No matter how far away you feel you are, you can find Jesus if you seek him. They were in the far east, and they found Jesus. Riding on camels. I went to the Far East. We, we went to Russia one time, Vladivostok. It's as far east as you can go. It's on the Sea of Japan. We would go there every other year because our churches were partners with the Russian church in, in the Midwest. And we got over there. And we, I mean, you talk about Far East. You get there and you look across, you see China, the mountains of China. It is so incredibly Far East. It's unbelievable. And I'm thinking, man, what in the world am I doing here from Omaha, Nebraska? I couldn't imagine. I mean, it was a 23-hour flight to get to the Far East. They traveled over 600 miles on camel to find Jesus. No matter how far you may think you are, you messed up in your life, you messed up in your marriage, your parenting, your finances, you all jacked up, you don't know what's going on. You're still not too far 
to be right with Jesus. And you got to remember that because some of us, we start to feel so much shame and guilt that we don't make the effort to get right with Jesus. We, we sit and sulk instead of getting up, coming to church with overjoy meant in your heart that you get to find God. That you get to come and hug some people, see some people, and have a good life. Listen, you are not too far away. Now, I'm talking to the Christians right now. You say, oh, this is a good visitor message. You ain't listening. You need to listen to what I'm saying. Because some of the Christians, because you are saved, you get into sin, and then you think, I done messed up. I'm just giving up. I'm done. My marriage is over. My kids are just baby kids. I just can't deal with none of this stuff. I'm done. Listen, no, you're not done. You are not too far away. And see, that's what we need to learn from the response of the Magi. You are never too far away to find God. Amen? And look back in chapter 2. Well, we're still there. Matthew 2. First we saw the response of the Magi. Now let's look at the response of Herod, King Herod. In verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Mm, disturbed. Here's the thing. King Herod believed the news enough to be disturbed. But he still refused to accept the truth. See, Jesus was no Messiah to him, but Jesus was a threat to his kingdom. Herod was the first Scrooge. He says, you know what? I'm so angry about this new little baby Messiah. I'm going to kill all the kids, not just in Bethlehem, but in the surrounding area. And I'm going to make sure I get them all. So I'm going to do not just the little babies, but up to two years old. Kill them all. Why? Because it was a threat to his personal kingdom. It was a threat to his life. You know, the birth of Jesus and everybody talking about Christ now is a threat to some people's way of living. Because it's like, ooh, now everybody's going to get all happy, and I'm not just a happy person. I just like to be me because I'm from New York. I don't know. And now people are like saying, excuse me, and, you know, not honking the horns at the lights all the time. And it's like, this is weird. What state am I in? Why do people get like this? Why do people feel threatened? Look in John chapter 9, chapter 3, I'm sorry. John chapter 3, verse 19. Here's why people don't like Christmas. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Herod, you want nothing to do with the Messiah. There are some people that want nothing to do with Christmas. Just the thought of Christmas, Black Friday, all these holidays, just make them mad. Fits of rage. But listen, Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. It says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Every prophecy in the Bible will be fulfilled. See, you can't believe everything you see on social media, in magazines, on Wikipedia. But everything you read in the Bible, you can believe. You must believe. Think about John 8, 31 and 32. Just tell them, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. 
Herod heard, but he responded with fear instead of freedom. See, the truth sets you free. Fear keeps you bonded. Herod heard the truth, and he was full of fear. That cannot be our response. When we think about the birth of Jesus, we need to understand this is our way out of hell. This is our way out of this life of sin. This is our way of not having to be a drug addict, an alcoholic, abusing my family. This is the way out of that lifestyle that everybody in my past want me in. This is a way of freedom through the birth of Jesus. Jesus is the only way you can be set free. We have the Magi. Nothing stopped them. No matter how far away they were, they still found Jesus. We got King Herod, who saw fear instead of freedom. You got to make a choice. You're going to look in fear, or you're going to look in freedom. And then our third response, the people of Jerusalem. Look in, again, chapter 2, Matthew 2, verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Now here's the thing. King Herod heard this, it disturbed him, but the people of Jerusalem were also disturbed, but they were too lazy to even do anything. At least King Herod, he got disturbed, so he said, I'm going to try to do something. It ain't the right thing, but I'm going to do something. The people, they were like, ugh. Uh, uh. And you know what? We can get like that. We can get spiritually lazy as well as physically lazy. I know I need to read my Bible, but we can get spiritually lazy. Christmas Day, we'll pop up early for gifts, but then we pop up early for a quiet time with the Lord. See, we got to look at this. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, they reviewed the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. They knew what it said, but they didn't do anything. Again, Jerusalem, 6.1 miles from Bethlehem. Just a one-day journey on horseback or camel. The Magi, 621 miles from Bethlehem. That's how far they were traveling, at least from the, the parts of the east, the lowest part of the east to there. A four- to five-month journey. That's a long way on camel. But yet the people that were so close did nothing. You know, it's funny like that. Because sometimes... The people closest to church are the ones that are late. Oh, I know. It's supposed to be a Christmas lesson, but I, you know me. We're going to get in there a little bit before the New Year starts. Why do I say that? Because sometimes those that are the closest can become the laziest. You know what? I feel so close to Jesus. I've been a Christian 25 years. Praise the Lord. Mm, won't he do it? How long have you been leading the Bible talk? A what? A 25-year-old Christian? Yeah. How long have you been leading the Bible talk? Uh, see, what had happened was, uh, guys, we got to learn not to be spiritually lazy. How often do we pray as a family? How often do you pray with your spouse or your roommate? We cannot be spiritually lazy. How are you going to end the year and start the next year? What are you dealing with in your life to get yourself closer to God? Guys, we got to think about these things because we can have all the knowledge in the world and be close to the truth, but that doesn't make us right with the truth. 
Herod had taken Christ's claim more seriously than the people of Jerusalem. Now, here's the thing. The child Jesus did not fit into the people's expectations because they expected a Messiah to come to kill King Herod, to stop his reign, and just set people free. So what's this little baby going to do? Nothing. By the time he grow up, they're going to be dead anyway. So he thought, you know what? I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going to sit around lethargic and just blah, blah. You cannot be a blah Christian. There really is no such thing. Those contradicting terms, blah Christian. Guys, the joy of being a Christian should be enough to help our heart to be excited. Now, let me give us some conclusion here before we take our communion. There's certain things we can learn from the Magi, from the King, and from the people of Jerusalem. Number one, throughout history, we have always been we have always been those who, like the Magi, have sought Jesus and found him. A lot of us have sought Jesus, and you know what? That's why we're here. Some of us have grown up in a church-going household, whether it was a Christian household or not. I'm not trying to judge, but we just grew up in a religious household at least. And you know what? Even that, it puts little seeds in your heart. It puts little thoughts in your mind that has helped you later on. So whatever religious upbringing you have, it's not bad. It started something in your life. And so we need to look at that and we need to realize, you know what? I am not too far away to find Jesus. If you are visiting, don't let this be the one time you come to church for the year. Christmas service. Guys, we all need to seek God. And no matter how your life is, you can find him. Secondly, then there are those like King Herod who heard the Christmas story but refused to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Some people want to be their own king. And they feel more comfortable being in control of everything. But you got to understand, you can't get yourself to heaven. Jesus is the only name that can save you. Jesus Christ. And then finally, there are people like the people in Jerusalem who are just fiercely lazy, and they don't even bother to make an effort. But let me say this. Jesus is here to help set us free. But we need to make a decision. How are we going to respond? Look in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, as we close out. Acts 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we can be saved. We must be saved. Guys, I'm going to pray for us as we take our communion. Why do we even do this? Because it's only through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. So as we take the bread and we take the cup, let's not worry about problems. Let's not worry about, you know, what the weather is going to be like. Let's get our minds and our hearts focused on being thankful to Jesus for what he rescued us from and what he's also going to provide for us in the future. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be here. We do pray that you bless this bread and this cup. Help us to remember all that your son Jesus did for us. That even if we were the only people left on earth, he still would have went through what he went through. Because he loved each and every one of us that much. God, we know that Satan may try to bring people from our past into our lives. 
But yet we know that you are stronger than anything Satan can do. And Father, we just need to trust and rely on you because not only direction, but you provide protection for each of us. God, thank you again for this bread and this cup. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.